Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Square Circle Podcast. And if you love listening to this podcast and want to consider making your own podcast, just download the Anchor app. Anchor allows you to make any type of podcast you want all in one place, all for your convenience. You might think that this has some strings attached. It does not. So let me explain what Anchor can do for you. It is currently free. Well, it's probably always going to be free. There's creation tools within Anchor that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. How easy is that? And then Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify Apple, and all major podcast programs. And you could also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It has everything you need in one place. Now all I need you guys to do is to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. With that, I am going to be reviewing AEW double or nothing it is crazy how it is the one year to the date due to our situation it was at the day double or nothing and left from start the to finish happy. it was, was a fun ride after the it fact was super good it. and Everything i don't ever remember feeling like, like that when it comes to wwe products and no this will not be a bashing of wwe products but just to weigh the two okay. back in the day we sort of felt like we were satisfied when it came Everything to WWE pay-per-views. All right, so let me start off with the buy-in. I do feel like the buy-in pay-per-view was specifically made for Private Party, even though Private Party has all the amazing ability in the world and they're a great tag team and they deserve to also be on the main card. Feels like they're seen when it comes to the buy-in. Because Best Friends have more matches under their belt, they ended up, spoiler alert, Winning this match, facing the AEW Tag Team Champions of Kenny Omega and Hangman Page at a later date in the future. So in the beginning of this match, there was a lot of mat-style technical wrestling between Chucky e. T and Isaiah Cassidy. From there, Mark does a standing moonsault on Trent. Trent with a Northern Light suplex into a bridge pin combo that looked very smooth. There was a double drop elbow from Best Friends to Mark Quinn, double standing sliced bread slash clothesline combo, then the silly string from Private Party to Trent. This is where it looked like Trent could have got hurt because he started having more labored breathing during the match, and I was a little concerned. Isaiah had also gotten shaken up too when that happened. There was a swinging DDT, but that got countered by Mark's double drop kick. Trent and aggressive side. Uh, best friends had them going over in this I match. Can't. It was a nice, but best friends renewed, renewed, had them going over in this match. They were my prediction to win. The double or nothing main card featured you were not going after with the Kip Sabian botched. going after Scorpio Sky going after Orange Cassidy going after Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. However, 
he got taken out and got replaced to be there, but after AEW Dynamite with the Botch Coke Banner, you had versus Darby Allen. I don't going after he got taken out and got replaced by going after high flying move that Ray Phoenix did. He got taken out and got replaced by Joey Janela. So my notes starts when our ninth competitor came out and he was led by Taz and he is Brian Cage. I was not expecting Brian Cage to be with AEW, WWE-esque, where it's like Rey Mysterio is the underdog and defeated all the giants in a way. I'm not too afraid of it only because... Darby is a very creative genius when this comes to fighting bigger guys and making these vignettes and making it feel like he could take on the world. So I'm not scared of it because of his creative genius will show through. Darby does this high jump skateboard dive onto Kazarian on the ladder. Luckily, Kazarian moves and Darby messes up his, his shin. That was a nice little spot there. It was adorable. He's going to be dropping bodies towards the end of it. And now it has been announced that at Friday Fest, it will be John Moxley, MJF versus Jungle Boy. They put on a clinic from start to finish. They are the future of AEW and they're the future of the wrestling business. I am enjoying MJF now. I don't understand why, but I give him all the respect and credit in the world. He is learning pretty fast as a heel and he's doing a lot of great healer stuff. I love that he stays in character, whether he's on social media, whether you meet him at a Jungle Boy is phenomenal what he does in the ring. He's very quick. He's very agile. He learns quickly as well. And I thoroughly enjoy his matches, whether he's with Jurassic Express or by himself. If he's by himself, it might take a little while because he's still young. Let's keep him with Jurassic Express and let's see how that goes. He has a very good knack for playing the character that he plays, and it works out. So, there are two suicide dives and one topper move by jungle boy the commentators call this the matchup of youth these guys definitely have youth on their side jungle these guys definitely have youth on their side jungle boy does a cross face to mjf but loses the grip from his right arm 
The whole entire match, MJF worked on his body part, worked on Jungle Boy's right arm, and that's the power oh, that MJF is will be very loose because the more strength you put into your arm hurting the more you wanna so it's important as a professional wrestler and to tell a story in the ring to pick a body part expose the body part and use it to your advantage when you're in a match so that way your opponent doesn't have enough grip to apply submissions to apply a german suplex or anything like that so that way you can get the victory and play it smart mjf did a drive what mjf did a driver like move mjf did a driver like move onto jungle boy's arm jungle boy kicked out there was a reverse her corona to mjf on jungle boy jungle boy power bombs mjf then there is this really nice looking bridge pin that mjf does to jungle boy it is a modified european clutch this is how mjf picks up the win was a amazing match i want to see those two have some more matches down the line maybe a series it could tell a deeper story tnt championship title which would be presented by which would be presented by Mike Tyson. So like, I like they got the one cheap website. to our current situation, we can't really get mad at it. But I was like, this can't We can't really get mad at it. But I was like, this can't be the title. TNT should have like a really loud TNT should have like a really TNT decided to do it and it's a network belt. TNT decided to do it and it's a network belt. So why not go all out? I'm just saying. You guys could spend a million but bucks. I'm not mad at it either. I'm just Cody Rose to turn heel. But I'm not so mad at it either. Everything is there. Everything is aligned. Everything is there. Everything is aligned. But that's not the case. My prediction pick for this match was Lance Archer because it made sense. Even though I really didn't want these two in the finals, I think that AEW should start looking at making stars. Faith in the incredible roster that AEW has to trust them with the belt and go forward. Anyway, in the incredible roster that AEW has to trust them with the belt and go forward. My notes for this match, not having it. <laughs> At one point, Cody uses Archer's hair. Cody does a cutter. Lance countered with a shoulder block. Cody with a suicide dive to Archer. Cody, Cody delayed into suplex. To Top Archer, walk moonsault to Cody. That shows off how much Cody delayed vertical Cody suplex hold in to terms Archer. Of weight. Lance then decides to expose the turnbuckle. Cody decides to stretch out Archer via the ring post. Anchor has a voice message system, so if you guys want to leave the correct answer to what Cody Rhodes did to Lance Archer, you can leave it on there via Anchor or comment on the Square Circle Podcast newsletter section below. You know. Teach me. I'm willing to learn. From there, there's a DDT from Cody to mock Jake the Snake Roberts. And then Archer gets up to do a spine buster to mock Arn Anderson. After that, from there, there's a DDT from Cody, mock Jake the Snake Roberts. And then Archer gets up to do a spine buster to mock 
After that, there is a springboard cutter to Archer. There is a avalanche reverse suplex from Cody to Archer. Then Arn interferes and a referee comes down to tell the other referee that Arn interfered. And so the referee threw out both Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts. That's when Mike Tyson got up to make sure that both of them go away. However, Jake the Snake Roberts come out with the bag and we all know that his snake is in the bag. But Mike Tyson didn't allow for that to happen. This allows Cody Rhodes to get the upper hand on Archer by doing two crossroads to pick up the victory. So my pick didn't win. Cody Rhodes wins and Mike Tyson presents him with the TNT championship title. Congratulations to Cody Rhodes. And it makes sense why Cody Rhodes got the belt. Cody Rhodes has been on a downward spiral ever since he lost to Chris Jericho for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship title and he will never be able to face for the title again and then losing to MJF after going through a whole ordeal with MJF and then finally getting the TNT Championship as retribution. Now, this coming Wednesday, AEW is going to hold another TNT Championship tournament that will decide the number one contender to take on Cody Rhodes. Dustin should be in this match again. If we have a Dustin versus Cody, I think it'll come full circle because of Dusty, who was part of WCW for a very long time, and WCW was on the TNT network. It would just be a nice family completion. And then after we get that out of the way, we could start to give it to new stars. I want to predict that they will have Dustin be in that tournament to maybe one day face Cody Rhodes for the for the TNT championship. Everything that happens, the women talked about who matches not be as experienced. This match was really good in the ring together as you see more on the world and everything that you see, the women's division is not bad. That's all I have a problem with. Penelope versus Chris didn't feel like it was really good. This women's match allowed the pay-per-view to slow down a bit because the previous matches were so fast and in your face and very high intensity that this one kind of slowed it down and i appreciate that and i do want to give props to kip sabian kip sabian was one of the competitors in the casino ladder match and he came out with penelope in crutches and taped up all over and i love the fact that they played it up that he was injured in the ladder match and i appreciate the uh, giving the casino ladder match um authenticness to it. There's a German roundhouse. There's the Germany suplex to the Chris and then Fisherman spin out Fisherman spin out driver. There's the reverse DDT from four to Chris. There's there's the reverse DDT from four to Chris and then Chris does the Big Bang Theory finisher to Penelope to pick up the win. On AEW Dynamite Sean Spears now had I am 
has her matches to discredit her. Don't don't ever think like that. That's all I have in my notes. I need some I need some more versatile moves for Sheeta. Sheeta has the full package. Sheeta is very entertaining. She's very creative. She loves to cosplay. She could play piano. She could be an amazing wrestler in the ring. She has everything down. Switch it up because the moment that you get someone that likes to study their opponent 24-7 and they know that you use the running knee over and over and over and over and over again, and when they work on your knee, move, will you be able to pull out when your knee is in constant agony because they keep working on it? Let's go back to the MJF and Jungle Boy match. The reason why... Jungle Boy couldn't hold his grip is because MJF decided to target the right arm of Jungle Boy. So if a, another female competitor is facing Sheeta and they focus on her knee, so that's just something for her to think about, for other wrestlers out there to think about, and for fans out there to think about. The running knee will not save you long enough, long term, than it will short term. But to constantly do the running knee, Eventually, it's going to bite her in the ass for it. Couldn't think of anything else. Bite her in the ass for it. Couldn't think of anything else. John Moxley versus Brody Lee was going to be John Moxley. I don't see Brody Lee picking up the victory so soon, but imagine if Brody Lee did win the AEW World Highweight Championship title, what that would mean for the Dark Order, what that would mean for them being the Lions of AEW and the strength in numbers. It would be very phenomenal. They'll be able to take over a lot of things. And the creative genius of the Dark Order with Brody Lee there with the skits, it would just feel right. And it would be and it would be watchable. Like you'll be very interested to see what happens next if Brody Lee became AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Pump this is more of a from Lee and less Mox wrestling. on the guardrail. Matching power and moves. There was a gotch style power driver, back body matching power and moves. There was a gotch style power driver, back body drop from Moxley. Lee hits the table and the barricade. Side suplex into the cards. It was really cool that they had Moxley join, and it was really cool that they had Moxley drawn on that set piece. Mox with the paradigm shift to Lee on the ramp. Lee got busted open, and there was a series of shots of elbows, forearms, kicks, biting. There was a huge paradigm shift, but Lee kicks out at one, if I remember correctly. I wrote my review for this match. Notes is the same way that I wrote it. And it just needed a lot of changes that I didn't agree with. And I thought it would have been a nice, light, fun, happy. And it just needed a lot of changes that I didn't agree with. Into that review of that's not the, case. the main highlights so, that I wrote down. Into for the that, first time ever, you guys are gonna hear. So my reaction, and for the first time ever, you guys are gonna hear how enjoyable this match was between the elite and the inner circle. Had their own screen time, and it made me think of, and it made me think of potential storylines that can happen between these guys in the future. Sammy Guevara and Hangman Adam Page are superstars in their own right. Sammy is a walking meme. He's also Krillin. He dies a lot on AEW programming, but somehow comes back to life and still does the same thing over and over again. But he's enjoyable. He's growing and he has the whole world ahead of him. 
He's doing really, really great. Hangman. Now, ever since the lockdown procedures got put in place due to our current situation, he has not been forgotten. He has not missed him being on being the elite on the being the elite episodes. He has not. He has not been forgotten. He has not missed a step. Diminished in his character at all. On the being the elite episodes, he is still true to his character. And because he's on the being the elite episodes, he has not diminished in his character at all. He is Hangman Page. He is a cowboy that does cowboy shit and he drinks whiskey. Coming out in this match on that wonderful, majestic horse is great. I was not expecting him to come out on his horse. I was not expecting him to try to run down Sammy and try to find Sammy first. And Sammy just ran right into the stadium and was like, no, I'm not going to get run over by a horse. That's when Hangman gets off the horse and goes into the pub and... We're going to visit Hangman a little bit later. We go back to the field and we have Nick Jackson versus Chris Jericho. If the Young Bucks ever decided to ever have a singles run, which they should at least just try once in AEW, I would love to see Nick versus Jericho a lot more. Jericho has proved him being 49 years young that he could still hang with the young guys no matter what. Matt Jackson comes in. Kenny comes in next and does two Snapdragon suplexes to Ortiz and Santana. And then everyone else comes in and hits their finisher. Bam, chaos erupts. We get Matt and Nick teaming up and they're fighting and they're battling and they're battling their way to the goalpost. Nick brings out a ladder. Matt climbs it. Matt decides to do a beautiful moonsault off of the goalpost onto Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And that was an amazing sight to witness. Then the camera goes to Santana and Ortiz, who are battling Broken Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. Santana and Ortiz set up the barricade between two tables and bring Kenny Omega and powerbomb him down. My favorite part during this match, and I am... I don't understand why people you feel that way. You get that way. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand why people feel that way. Matt Hardy's gimmick is played out and it's stupid. This is what I mean by it. It's the most true. This is what I mean by it. You'll ever watch. Matt Hardy reinvented himself and saved himself. Reinvented himself. It's the most truth you'll ever watch. And this is what I mean by it. Because wrestling is wrestling is when it comes to the broken Matt Hardy gimmick, I appreciate that he doesn't his old characters 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you don't want to talk about it. Matt Hardy openly lets you go through time. He creates a creative time traveling that lets you explore the different sides of Matt Hardy. So we have the version one, we have the 1999 Hardy. We got the broken Hardy. You know, this scene of him versus Santana and Ortiz in the pool in the lake of reincarnation to further his character is brilliant. I enjoy Matt Hardy's work. His body of work is amazing. And to downplay it and to discredit it and to call yourself a fan, it's like, because movies do the same thing. There's a lot of movies on time traveling. There's a lot of movies in the fantasy realm. And for you to think that those might be cheesy and not give it a chance, then what's the point of critiquing Matt Hardy when you don't get the brilliance that he puts out on TV day in and day out? It's not easy for Matt Hardy to do this. He does it well. 
and you know he doesn't that, have a moment he of, doesn't have a moment of what do i do now what do i do now so i appreciate broken man hardy in aew it's an inspiration to creatives like me and creatives like yourselves who want to learn more about the business. You be like Matt Hardy, but you don't copy Matt Hardy. You just take inspirations from Matt Hardy to make your character work and understand how to get over a character. Yes, Matt Hardy's been doing this for 300 years and he has only gained new fans, new followers, and a rejuvenated state because only only we'll we love to and talk through. about and we, we would be lost we love through without and through. professional wrestling and we, matt hardy changed through time and brought back his gimmicks and i would never want to be told the magic behind it i want to still be here like a fan even though i'm breaking down these matches i now we're gonna go visit hangman page hangman adam page is at the bar drinking his whiskey in comes jake hager now jake hager is what i would like to call the enforcer of the inner circle and hangman page is the tag team feud potential type of thing nothing too heavy but those two guys really need to have their own story this just felt like a straight up western john wayne movie hager comes in Hangman pours himself a drink, pours Hagger a drink, and the intensity is super, super high. This just felt like a straight-up Western John Wayne movie. Hagger comes in, Hangman pours himself a drink, pours Hagger a drink, and the intensity is super, super high. That either one of them give each other can start off this battle. After they drink the whiskey, both of them start the battle. They both attack each other. Kenny Omega comes in to help save Hangman Adam Page and just to help him out. Pulls him across the bar front, just like how you see those action movies. Kenny helps out Hangman with an assisted buckshot lariat. Hangman has one of the best buckshot lariats in the business. No doubt about that. Both Hangman pours Hangman Kenny Adam Page a glass and of Kenny Omega have Hangman their pours himself a drinks, whiskey. You know. Together, Cowboy shit. Hangman pours Kenny a glass after of milk that, while we are Hangman back pours on the himself field a whiskey. And after that, we are back on the field and never ceases to surprise me. He decided to do a hundred yard to Sammy Guevara. Constantly, no stop, Sammy Guevara for all of his hard work, whether it's for his vlogs, for his YouTube channel, or the fact that he gets killed every Wednesday night and almost every Tuesday night and even in pay-per-views, but it's still the hottest thing going. He's going to be big. I honestly want Sammy to be an entrant into the TNT Championship Tournament that will crown the number one contender to face Cody. I really want him in there. He needs a belt. He's on this momentum. This momentum shouldn't die. If he ends up getting a championship title, just imagine all the stuff he could do. It will be endless. The sky's the limit with Sammy Guevara. Matt Jackson to continue to do the Northern Lights suplex till we get to the 100 dash. After Matt Jackson gets to his goal, he and that's when Matt Jackson decides to super kick Rick Knox. Very nice, very good, just all around straight up smiles. After that, we, after that, we go to Jericho versus Nick Jackson again. They're battling all over the little mini area. At one point, 
At I one did point, love him the interaction and between, get into it and they go look at the Chris replay Jericho because Jericho Aubrey. doesn't believe that he got a two count when it should have been a three and the referee doesn't know how to count. I love it when the wrestlers Nick interact with the referees. out Chris Rush Jericho when Jericho is placed on the table. Referee. She's my number two all on the, the list of stairs, referees. All the way down the, the stairs first one is Albert, to get momentum. Is, uh, my buddy Jump, Alphonse. Across body. And that's He's an awesome guy. That little but segment. Back to this. Now, I did love the interaction Sammy. between between is Chris Jericho days and that confused, and he thinks that he has won the match between Chris Jericho and Ref Aubrey. Nick then takes out Chris Jericho when Jericho is placed on the table. Nick runs all the way up the stairs, all the way down the stairs to get momentum. Jump does a crossbody, and that's it for that little segment. Sammy is dazed and confused, and he thinks that he has won the match. And he's getting wet by the sprinklers because the sprinklers come on, driven by Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega, the two madmen of AEW. Sammy Guevara sees this. He says, not again. Sammy Guevara sees this. He survives this where the seats are at. He runs up. He's trying to kick Kenny Omega, but where the seats are at. And get out of here. He's and trying to kick up. Kenny Omega. They fight a little bit Kenny for a is while. Like, nah, Kenny sets out of here. up Sammy Guevara for the one wing and angel. They fight a little bit for a while until the other platform Sammy Guevara for the one wing and angel has beaten the inner circle. And that whole entire stadium stampede is a 10 out of 10. I do not care what other people say. That was a very awesome campy style match that put a smile on my face got me hyped. I couldn't go to sleep right away. It was a very great moment to share with the AEW crew that worked so hard to put a pay-per-view together in the time constraints and the lockdown requirements that they're dealing with. Even though they're deemed an essential business, not everybody can go to work and wrestle and it'll be like normal. So hats off to AEW for doing this tremendous pay-per-view from start to finish that I thoroughly enjoyed. And that is my review of AEW Double or Nothing.